Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It!, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons, many of whom are listening right now. Uh, They're supporting us on Patreon. If you want to support the show and get some awesome Just One More stickers to put on your water bottle or your box of cupcakes or whatever... You want our stickers on? You could put the stickers on your foam roller. True. On your Nalgene. These are all things that are very on brand with Just One More Podcast. On your donut. On On your your donut. Oh, we should. Giant coffee. Just One More Podcast donuts. Mm, They'd be like blue. They'd have little, oh, like the cupcakes <laughs> at our tr- show. That's true. They could Those have were little the kettlebells on them. Those were the cutest cupcakes. Shout I've out ever to seen. our cupcake bakers. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, if you want stickers, um, you can become a patron. Um, you can do it for as little as a dollar a month, um, and you can do it by going to justonemorepodcast.com and clicking become a patron. Shout out to our patrons. Thank you guys. You guys rock so hard. You do. You're awesome. Well, I've realized that we've sort of started unintentionally doing a series on muscle groups. Um, We've talked about the quads. Oh, no, I just gave away what today Ah. is. (laughs) Oh, my quad. You know, (laughs) yeah, lest anyone think that Daphne is cool just because she's pretty and smart, um, I told her what the topic was for this week, and she replied in a text message, oh, my quad. And I was like, oh, boy. So, yes, as I totally I like, gave away. Am I funny like Joanna? Am I funny like Joanna? <laughs> You're funny like Daphne, which is even better. Um, we're talking about quads. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's great because even though I talk about them all the time, I don't really know what they are. Doing this show has been a great humbling experience for me in knowing how many words there are that I use multiple times a week without having any idea what they mean. And it's and we have an idea. I feel like when I say quad, hamstring, glute, like you know, relative, you know where it. I is. know where my glute is. It's my yeah. butt. And you know your quads are like the fronts of your thighs. Yes, I definitely knew it was the front. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> totally knew that. Totally. Very expert. You, I think you knew that. No, you did. Ugh. Yes, you totally did. I would have been if you were like Joanna. Is the quad the front or back of your leg? I'd be like, oh, front. <laughs> ding ding ding! You're right. I would have very unconfidently made the right guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is 50-50. Between quads like, <laughs> <laughs> and... Joke's on you. It's the side. Uh, so, uh, let's educate me and yeah. in the process, everybody else. What are we talking about mm-hmm. when we talk about quads? So, well, I think this series of focusing on one muscle group, I mean, it's, it's really fun. We had our tricep episode recently and the great thing is we really get to break down exactly why these muscle groups are called what they are and then what it is that they're supposed to do and how it is they work and how we can strengthen them and why it's important we strengthen them and also how we like ways in which we could potentially injure them and how to avoid those things um all sounds very very clutch so clutch (laughs) quads so clutch right now. <laughs> Quads. So here's the thing. 
Do you remember in our tricep episode, it's kind of like when I told you guys, oh, the triceps are comprised of three muscle groups. It was like, oh my God, mind blown. Right. Tri. Mm-hmm. Triceps. Three. There are two parts of your biceps are quadriceps. Quads. Guess how many parts are on our quads? Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh. Joanna, ooh. tell me. Four. Four. Yay. So I am going to, once again, drop some science bombs on you guys. I'm going to drop some knowledge bombs. And today we are going to be talking about your quad muscles. Your quad muscles. Notice I say muscles plural, although sometimes I'll just say your quads. Um, but really, I mean your quadriceps. That's the official term for them. Everyone, if you're sitting down, just put your hands on the fronts of your thighs. Like the top part? Yeah, we can, all, we can make some sound. And these are your quadriceps. So the quadriceps are located on the front of your thighs, not the backs of your thighs. Right. That's your glutes and hamstrings. Glutes and hamstrings, the back. Yes. Quads are on the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had a way to like help people remember that, but... I, I, They'll just I have don't. to listen to this podcast yeah, multiple yeah. times. Just know your quads are just always in the front. Like your quads are just always like the big, the big muscles in the front. So the quad muscle, the quad muscles, there, there are actually four parts to your quadricep muscle. So the first part is a part called the rectus femoris. And this is the middle of your thigh, kind of connecting from the top of your knee all the way to the top of your hip. So, you know how sometimes I say rectus abdominis, and I mean the front wall of your stomach? Mm. You remember when we Mm -hmm. did the ab episodes? Mm -hmm. So, rectus femoris means the front of your thigh. Is femoris related to, like, your femur? Yeah. Ah. And your femur bone is that big thigh bone that attaches from your hip bone to the lower leg bone. <laughs> Don't ask me to sing. Well, <laughs> Those the, days are over. In the, I was just thinking in the song, I was like, oh, the hip bone's connected to the knee bone. Yeah. And I hear Daphne being like, joint, joint. Yeah. <laughs> There's no knee bone. It's a knee joint. There's a ligament there. <laughs> so that is the muscle that's located right, like going down the front of your thigh. So I think it'll be also very beneficial for us to um, very beneficial for us, for us to include some graphics. Yes, I will include some <laughs> so graphics can, on the show notes. Mm-hmm. And the next muscle is called the vastus lateralis. So this is the quad muscle that's on the lateral side of the femur. So it's on the outer side of the thigh. Got it. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking about like when we foam roll our quads why it hurts so good when we kind of angle our body to the side and we're not just foam rolling the rectus femoris, but we actually get to the other parts of the quad as well. So the vastus lateralis, vastus means big and lateralis means lateral, so the outside of your thigh. And then we have the vastus medialis, so this is another big quad muscle and this is located on the inner part of the thigh. And then we have the fourth muscle group, which is called the vastus intermedius, and it lies between the lateral and the medial quad muscles, and it lies underneath underneath the rectus femoris. So it's so, like a bunch of sort of like layers of muscles that go into the fronts of our thighs mm-hmm. being our quads. Cool. Yeah. So when we foam roll, oftentimes when I have people foam rolling their quads, 
I do have them kind of angle their body to the side so that we can get the, uh, you can even do, if, if both of your quads are on a foam roller, and so if you're visualizing this, say you have the foam roller underneath your thighs, it's perpendicular to your body, and say your forearms are on the ground and you're just rolling up and down the fronts of your thighs, if you were to angle your hips to one side so that you get onto the vastus lateralis of one quad and the vastus medialis of the other one, we're able to get essentially your inner thigh and your outer thigh way more effectively. So oftentimes when people are saying your inner thigh and outer thigh, we actually really mean these two different these two, parts of our quads. Mm -hmm, these hmm. two different parts of your quads. Now, of course, there is the technique to just go right to the outer thigh, which is, which is just the IT band rolling. And then, of course, there is a technique to get the inner thigh. Uh, that technique is is a little bit more challenging. So for now, for today, we're just going to talk about these parts of, of the of the quadricep. So all four parts of these muscles. Uh, so all four parts of the quadricep muscle. They all um, kind of insert together at the top of the thigh, and then they all connect together at the kneecap, which is called the patella. And so if you were to put your hand on your knee and you were to find kind of like the squishy part on, so you feel your knee joint where it's hard, it's like a bone, mm -hmm. and then go down a little bit. It's kind of like a little squishy. Yeah. That's your patella. And so the quadriceps tendon, and so we always remember, ligaments connect bone to bone, tendons connect muscle to bone. So this is where the quadriceps tendon becomes the patella ligament. So it all kind of connects. Uh, so from a, from a, from an anatomical, anatomical, <laughs> anatomical. Anatomical is a hard word to I say. I know, yeah, it, sound, it sounded like I was about to say nautical. Um, mm. Mm, yeah, I went to a nautical themed wedding once and it was really lovely. <laughs> I just had that. that Daphne, so, focus. Okay, yeah, anatomical. <laughs> anatomical. So from an anatomical standpoint, these are the four parts of the quadricep muscle and the purpose and the function of this muscle. You know how I always talk to you about extension and flexion? So the four, the, the reason why we have the quadricep muscle and its main function in our body is to extend and flex the knee joint. So in this case, it's actually the opposite of what you think. You're like, I don't even <laughs> You don't know, know what I, I think. I, and exactly, Get I don't know. Get out of my head, Daphne. <laughs> So when you, if your leg is straight, yes. Actually, let's imagine we're sitting. Okay. Well, we I don't have to imagine. Okay. It's real. You and I are actually sitting. Yes. So extension is actually when you bend your leg more and bring your heel closer to your butt. Oh. That's extension of the knee joint because the knee joint is being kind of overstretched, extended. Right. Because I, I know people think extension is actually when we straighten our leg. Right. Polar opposite. Interesting. Polar opposite. I know. Knowledge bomb. <laughs> so that is knee extension. And then knee flexion is when we straighten our leg fully and the quad contracts. And that is how we get knee flexion. So the, the quadriceps are just a powerful extensor of the knee joint. And the function of the quad is to have us walk, run, jump squat, sit. So the quadriceps are one of the main muscle groups used when we are, um, when we are squatting and, and mainly getting from sitting to standing. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. It seems like the quad is has a huge impact on our like uh, our function mm-hmm. in our day to day function. That just like moving around in the world, yes. the quad has a big role to play. Definitely. And then, do you remember back in the day? Did you ever see a doctor and he would tap on your knee and uh-huh. he would see if your leg would kick? Up? Yeah. So the reason why he did that, or he or she, the reason why your pediatrician did that is to check something called the femoral nerve. So femur, once again. Femur is that that, that thigh bone um, that connects to the <laughs> lower leg bone. Lower leg bone and the knee joint. <laughs> so um, the femoral nerve is a nerve in the thigh that supplies uh, skin on the upper thigh and inner thigh and the muscles that extend around the knee. And the femoral nerve connects to... Uh, these discs in your lumbar spine, L2, L3, L4. So when I say that, I mean your lumbar spine, meaning your lower spine, exactly where L2, L3, L4. Uh, we don't need to know like exactly where that is, but right. It's, but it's those like are like the names lower... for the lower vertebrae, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when the, uh, however, everything attaches at that patella, kind of patella tendon, the femoral nerve goes there to that kneecap. So when the doctor was tapping on your knee. He was actually checking to see if all the nerves were functioning, going up your thigh into your lower back. So that's why they were doing that. But don't you love how no one ever really explained why why we were doing that? When I was a kid, that thing was described as checking your reflexes, which I guess it technically is. Mm -hmm. But I guess I never stopped to think, like, why would I need the reflex to kick if someone punched me in the knee? (laughs) (laughs) Seems like not a thing that comes up that often. Yeah. But that makes sense that really it's just a way of checking in on the connections of those nerves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, and it's interesting because that's another thing where we always say like, oh yeah, like the quads are in the front. And then we were, we were tapped or the, the doctor tapped on our knee to check our reflexes, but we never fully really understood why he was doing that, mm-hmm. you know, or we never really understood why the quads are called the quads or where they're located, but that was totally, um, totally why. Another thing the quads do is the quads can also flex the hips. So in this case, the hips, when they flex, that is what we are doing right now. We are sitting, so that means the hips are flexed. Mm-hmm. Extended would be us, um, us standing. Right. Or us doing a hip flexor stretch. So that's the, those are the purposes, the functions of the quadriceps. And, um, oftentimes in, oftentimes in our day-to-day current lives, because, you know, I always like to talk about kind of how our current lifestyle affects these muscle groups that we, that caveman and cavewoman kind of just used all the time. For the most part, we're always activating our rectus femoris, I would say. That's the one that gets activated and it gets tight. Like when we sit all the time, people are notorious for having tight quads. I would say for the most part in day-to-day life, people are probably a little bit more quad dominant, but that's not a good thing. So quad dominant means people are relying too much on their quads, but too much on just like one part of their quad. And we actually have to build up all this, all the sides of the quads as well. Yeah. So um, oftentimes just working the the, that I'm going to say this again, the, the rectus femoris, the front of the quad going down from your hip all the way to your knee. But we can't forget that there are other parts to the quad as well. So whenever we do things like side lunges or um, curtsy lunges, lateral lunges, 
those are very important because then we're able to activate all aspects of the quadricep muscle. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like quads feel more accessible than triceps because like with triceps, um, you know, my complaint is that like in regular day-to-day life, you just like never really use them. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, it's easy to uh, end up with like really weak triceps. And with quads, it feels like, oh, like just like being a person, you have to use your quads. So yeah. like, I don't really have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense that like what we do in sort of our modern uh, urban lifestyle really doesn't work all the parts evenly. Mm-hmm. And so you can end up with uh, really like uneven quad strength. And I would guess that that makes you more likely to hurt yourself. Yeah, you, I mean, you totally hit the nail on the head. Um, that's the thing with so many of, with our current lifestyle, oftentimes, oftentimes we have imbalances without even realizing it. And when I say imbalances, I mean mainly muscle imbalances. And so the great thing is now in this world of exercise science, and in this world of so many people studying kinesiology or the study of movement or the study of the anatomy, we actually know ways to, essentially all exercise is, is creating strength and balance within the body and recreating things that the human body was designed to do uh, just as a human, like way back in the day, which is actually kind of a pleasant way to think about it because Mm -hmm. we oftentimes have this notion, oh, we have to exercise. Society tells us we have to exercise. We have to do these exercises because we need to tone it up. We need to lose weight. We need to do this because everyone else is doing this or, oh, I have to. And it's kind of nice to just like reframe your mindset about it and to be like, oh, okay. I'm just kind of recreating what the human body was designed to do. And all of these exercises will make me feel more balanced. They will make me feel stronger. And these exercises will make me function more optimally as a human and by doing these exercises in this specific example, which I'll, I'll give at quad exercises in a little bit, um, by doing these quad exercises so that we can prevent pain, mm-hmm. so that you don't get hurt, like doing day-to-day life. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the various muscle groups of the body, quads are like one of the bigger mm-hmm. ones, right? Yeah, one of the biggest. Yeah. Um, and one thing that you've said to me in the past is that like, one reason that a lot of sort of the like most identifiable strength exercises like squats and lunges and things like that um one of the reasons that they that some of the most identifiable strength exercises are quad exercises Mm -hmm. is because when you work out bigger muscle groups you get more bang for your buck totally um can you talk a little bit about why that is so the largest muscles in our body we have our quads our glutes and our hamstrings our lower body muscles are the biggest muscles in our body. Um, the quadriceps are one of the biggest. So when we work our large muscle groups first, um, so the first three that I just listed, I said quads, hamstrings, and glutes, and the next I would say overall chest and then overall back, um, focusing on the entire front of your body, the entire back of your body. But keeping in the theme of like lower body today, when we work the largest muscle groups first, we are able to do a, a plethora of things. So the, the main thing, the main reason why it's so important to work your large muscle groups first is we are able to elevate your metabolism so much faster when we work the big muscle groups. When we work these big muscle groups, and I'm gonna use the squat as an example, when we squat, 
and we're engaging your all of your quadricep muscles. We're engaging the backs of your thighs and we're engaging your glutes all in one go. These muscles are pumping so much blood throughout your body. And these muscles are creating so much heat in your body. And a lot of blood is getting sent to these muscles because they are starting to work. So all of a sudden it is as if your body has been given a go signal. It, and all of a sudden everything, you start squatting, it signals to your brain, okay, all systems go. Right, rev up time. Rev up, let's get warm, let's get the circulation going, the metabolism, the fat burning molecules are going, the fat burning um, mechanism is beginning to happen because the body needs to start recruiting glucose for energy first and then eventually uh, stored, stored body fat for energy. So your body literally thinks all systems go. So that being said, I really do feel like working the quads at the same time as still working the hamstrings and, and glutes is very important. However, there are some, um, sometimes we actually do want to isolate the quads and I'll talk more about that in a little bit. So you know, in summary with just to wrap up the anatomy mm -hmm. before we talk about exercises and what I think are the best ones to do. And then I do want to talk a little bit about my knee surgery and what happened when my quad on my left thigh completely atrophied. Um, so in summary, the, the quadriceps, this group of muscles located in the front of thigh, uh, in the front of the thigh, they all attach, they, they all come together. So all of the muscles attach at the patella or at your kneecap. So it's, um, they all come together. It's kind of like a bunch of bananas, except yeah, they attach yeah. on both sides. Totally. I think that's actually the best way. <laughs> I think that's actually the best way to talk about it. That's really cute. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's like <laughs> the quads are, imagine three bananas and then one behind the middle mm -hmm. banana. This is really great, actually. Thank Everyone you. Everyone can imagine four bananas, but there are three on top and there's one banana that's underneath the middle banana. Mm -hmm. That's your quad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Perfect. Those are your quads. Yeah. Those are your quads right there. Cool. So yeah, that's the that's the, that's the lowdown on quads. Yeah. Well, um, let's start talking about exercises. So Yay. what are some of the exercises that we can use to work our quads? Okay, so this is the exercise that is this is the exercise that focuses and isolates the quad. Oftentimes this exercise is done on a machine and this one is called a leg extension. So the leg extension machine is, we can also include a graphic of this one. This one just isolates your quad. It's when you are sitting and your knees are bent. There's like a rolly thing on top of your ankles. Uh-huh. And I then you straighten that. your legs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can even like do this right now. Like Joanna, if you were, if you were to just like kick both legs straight. Out in front of me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whee. Yeah, so that's you. That's you um, flexing your knee mm -hmm. and then contracting, contracting your quads. Cool. So that's the leg extension. The leg curl works something else completely. So the leg curl that's working the hamstrings. However, both machines look exactly the same. <laughs> that's confusing. I know. Yeah, both machines look very similar, but one is kicking your legs out and the other one is using your hamstrings to, to contract your legs 
in was. Right. The curl would be like where I'm sitting and sort of like pulling my uh, ankles towards my butt. Mm-hmm. And that's where the resistance is. Yeah. So that's not for our quads. That's not for the quads. But it's the really like extension is for the quads. Exactly. Yeah. Or that's actually knee flexion. Knee I know. Flexion. It's like so crazy. Because yeah. you're extending your I'm thigh. extending my, yeah. You're extending your legs from just a, from a verbiage standpoint mm-hmm. like you're extending your thigh right but then i know it's confusing isn't it yeah it is i mean even i had to like yeah i have to remind myself of this all the time whenever i'm when i am you know training clients it's a lot like it's a yeah. lot of science so that is the one that isolates the quad but you have never in my life told me to do that exercise exactly. which makes me think that you think the best way to strengthen your quads is actually in combination with other muscle groups. Exactly. You, you haven't it. just been hiding the one know, quad exercise yeah. for me. <laughs> You're probably like, why have you not told me this? <laughs> so there's a reason for that. Uh, when it comes to machines in gyms, machines are good. There are some machines that I love. I love anything that I can do a lap pull down on, a pull up, rows. Um, I love anything like tricep dips. I love doing tricep dips on a certain machine. There are some, I love cardio machines. There are some machines that are not necessary. In this case, with this leg extension exercise, I would only do that if you were to right away go into a round of exercises, also focusing on the hamstrings and the glutes. So then if you did the leg extension, then do the leg curl afterwards, and then maybe do some like butt exercises after that. Because for the most part, and this is a, a big, I think this is kind of across the board with just the way Americans function. I, I really think we are quad dominant. We are quad dominant, and I don't mean this in a good way. So quad dominant in the sense that we are, our glutes and our hamstrings are oftentimes weaker. We rely too much on our quads when we do anything in day-to-day life. And as a result, you know how I always talk to you about how our hip flexors get really tight? Our quads yeah. get really tight too. The next thing you know, everything is just kind of curved forward. Like, uh, and when I say that, like our chest is curved forward. We're on mm-hmm. computers all the time. Our knee, we're always sitting. So our quads are always kind of shortened. And they're yeah. always just there like they're just hanging out and um and our hip flexors get tight and and all that tightness is bad news for injury exactly because then the front the front of our body so imagine the front of your body your chest your abs your hip flexors your quads everything gets tight and shortened and then everything behind you your upper back your middle back your lower back your glutes your hamstrings it gets overstretched and lengthened but none of this is a good thing. Like, none right. of this is a good thing. It's just all cause for major imbalance. So at the same time as strengthening the quadriceps just to have balance, um, it is very important to also stretch them too. So back to this leg extension move. So I would recommend it if... So here, here are the instances I would recommend it for, like, a normal person. Um, if you find it fun. If you enjoy it, yeah, sure. it's kind of fun. Why not? You're like, Wee! you know, yeah, you're pushing the thing. Totally. Why not? Um, just promise me, you know, you do some of the opposing muscle groups either in that same workout or the next day. So once again, you do not become quad dominant. And then promise me you do like some major stretches afterwards. And then the other scenario in which I would do that is, in my case, I had to do that a lot, and it was because I had surgery on a knee. Oftentimes, machines are really great if you're doing rehab 
Right. <laughs> because it's like focused on a specific it's thing. It's focused on one muscle group. It's focused on isolating one muscle group. And oftentimes they're not that hard. Like it's much harder to squat mm-hmm. than it is to just extend your leg out and in. In my case, I was not ready for a squat yet. I just had my knee cut into. I had no quad muscle. It was like, it was, uh, and I've mentioned this before, if you guys listen back to our episodes on injury prevention and injury recovery, injury recovery, and I talk really in depth about my ACL injury, which was now three and a half, almost four years ago. Um, I talk about how when, after the surgery, and they took off all the the bandages and the, (laughs) to reveal my wounds, uh, no, but when they took off like the brace and, and yeah, and the bandages, uh, and, and yeah, and it was pretty ugly. Like it was pretty, pretty gross looking. Uh, it was my thigh, my left thigh. It was horrifying. And it had withered so much. It was literally just a bone with skin on it. Oh. It was crazy. And I saw that and I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I was like, oh, dang. Like, uh oh, like what now? And thank goodness for physical therapy. Um, physical therapy to build up whatever muscle it is that you lost complete weakness in. Anywho, circling this back to this leg extension exercise. And now that I mentioned this, you guys are all going to go to the gym and you're going to see it. And it says on the machine, it says leg extension. So when you see leg extension, you know it's working your quads. Um, I had to do that a lot, but mm-hmm. only on one leg. And now let's talk about all the f- other fun exercises. <laughs> right. All the, uh, what most of us what most of us would are actually going to be doing. Be better off to do. Yes. Yeah. So we have lots of lots of wonderful all squats, all squats, every single squat. Um, I'm talking squats, jump squats, squats with your hands behind your head, squats holding dumbbells, squats holding a barbell, um, squats holding a kettlebell, squats with a bar like behind your back, a, a single leg squat. All squats are going to work your quads. Squats in a box. Mm-hmm. Squats with a fox. Yeah. <laughs> squatting here. Squatting there. Squatting everywhere. And um, it, it, wall sits, I think that's a really great place to start. Split squats. And a split squat... I actually don't know if I've mentioned this to you. But I think I have. A split squat, and this is getting very, very, very specific from, a, from an exercise standpoint. Oftentimes people just call this a... Uh, just a, st- a standing lunge. You're in a lunge position, but you don't move your feet. Your feet are locked into place, and you just bend the knees, both of them, until it looks like you're lunging, but then you just stand up. Instead of pulling, Instead like, of the pulling back foot the, forward or to the, meet the, or front, the front or the front foot. to meet the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's actually called a split squat, because you're not actually doing the lunge motion. You're just wide, You're just splitting up your legs. Hmm. A lunge is when you actually lunge into it or reverse lunge into it. So um, split squats are also really great for the quads. Uh, and then another exercise, if we do, uh, this is actually a machine that I, I did enjoy for a while. The, the, um, it's, it's a leg press Hmm. machine, which is also really great for physical therapy. However, if you don't need it, I would just, there's plenty to be found in the world of squats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of strengthening the fronts of the thighs, all of these exercises also just happen to work the glutes and the hamstrings at the same time. I'm just going to go on the record saying this. For the most part, when you are training your quads, you can train your hamstrings and your glutes at the same time. I personally don't feel like there is ever really a need to just isolate your quadricep muscle unless you're doing some type of 
rehabilitation. Um, this is this is opinion, but also like backed in a lot of like science and mm-hmm. research. Um, but I will say, oftentimes I will have people just focus on the hamstrings and glutes. Every body is different. That being said, for the most part, us as Americans, this is like something we're dealing with. Uh, another thing that's really great: step ups. When you like step up, up onto, onto like a box or a bench, mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you had know. me doing those for a while, mm-hmm. and I would do them and curse your name because <laughs> I stood up on a box and I got down from the box and yep. I got back up on the box and I got oh, down yeah. from the box. Oh yeah, and it's it's such a good one too. Like that's definitely one exercise that that anyone can do. The thing you want to look for is keeping your knee in alignment with your ankle so that there's no tension on that like patella tendon. So so far I've talked about every type of squat, step ups, and now at any type of lunge. And yes, are these all going to work your hamstrings and your glutes at the same time? Absolutely. Bonus. But are, are these totally going to work your quads? For sure. Absolutely. And then we can start going laterally into side lunges and curtsy lunges, and that'll start to get the vastus lateralis and vastus medialis, or the outside of your quad and then the inside of your quad. Um, in, in the world of bodybuilding, when people really are trying to get that very distinct definition um, yeah, you know, then you can work, do leg extensions. I don't really find that necessary. So it makes me think about, I mean, when we were talked back in our functional training episode, or even just earlier in this episode, when you were talking about like, it's not about like looking a certain way, but it's the idea is that you're like, um, strengthening your body to be able to do the things it was designed to do. Yeah. And I think it makes sense that these, um, that like, you get more out of it if you're doing like squats or lunges or side lunges and things like that because those are movements we might be called upon to do in Mm -hmm. real life. Mm -hmm. And so I always think that if the movements that we're doing when we work out can be in some way related to a movement we might do in real life, it makes a lot of sense. Whereas like I really can't think of any circumstance in my life where I'd need to sit in a chair and then like uh, push something up with my legs. You totally, so, like, why practice doing that? Joanna, you know? you're, like, hitting multiple nails on the head. <laughs> I've taught you so well. You no, have. No, no, I mean, and, you, like, you, and you have, and you coming from a dance background, like, you've also, you know a lot about the body, too. So I'm going to give you credit for a lot of, <laughs> of things. Um, but it, it does make me a very proud... A proud panda? Make me a very proud panda when I hear you say these things, because, once again... You hit the nail on the head. Uh, Coming from this world of functional movement, meaning we do exercises that mimic day-to-day movement to enhance quality of life. And you're absolutely right. In day-to-day life, you're not necessarily just sitting in a chair or a seat, kicking your legs out and in. Unless, like, that's a cute thing you do. and like <laughs> Right. Go, in which case, go for it if that's, like, part of your personal brand. Right. And, that, <laughs> and that's totally fine. And, um, but I'm definitely going to be like reaching down to like pick up some groceries and mm-hmm. need to like lift with my legs. Yeah. And here's another thing too, as we, I think this is an appropriate transition to talk about like injuries and knees mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and we have whole episodes on knees. Actually, Wait, we, don't, we don't, and we will because you just said that. Oh my so gosh, yeah. keep your eyes open for yeah, a yeah. knee episode. We've talked about sprains. I talk about the knee a lot in our sprains versus strains episode yeah. from mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, or no, our next one should totally be knees. Here's what I hear a lot. I hear this all the time. 
before I talk about like quad strains and yeah. everything. I hear this all the time. Well, I can't do squats and lunges because they hurt my knees. I can't do lower body exercises because they hurt my knees. I have really bad knees. I have bad knees. I have bad knees. I have bad knees. People say this all the time. You don't have bad knees. Maybe there's inflammation. Uh, what you do is you have maybe weaker quads and we actually do in this case need to strengthen them. If this is a case, you know, I was talking about everyone being like quad dominant. You can be quad dominant without having strong quads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you can rely on your quads all the time. And, and that could and actually be hurting that's you. That's another thing too, is when you are quad dominant, meaning you just kind of use the front of your body all the time. And I know people might be having a hard time like visualizing this, but just what I mean by quad dominant is, I'm just gonna use an example. Say you're running, you're jogging, and you just feel nothing firing up in your butt. <laughs> in your butt <laughs> muscles, sorry. <laughs> in your butt muscles. And then when you do run, you say you only feel a burn in your quads. Or you do feel a burn in your quads. Mm-hmm. You can run without feeling a burn in your quads. If you're activating your abs and if you're activate, activating your butt and your hamstrings by running correctly, and if those muscles have been trained, you shouldn't really be feeling a burn in your quads. But if you run, you're feeling a burn in your quads, chances are you're quad dominant. You can be quad dominant without having any quad strength. You're just relying too much on A, the front, the front of your body entirely. Mm-hmm. It's probably just tight and overworked. And B, you have no quad strength, and that's why everything you do is in your knee. So you're going upstairs, you're walking around, you're you're running, you're uh, you know, hopping on the subway, and you think you have bad knees. You don't have bad knees. You might have some inflammation in your patella, you might have um, Maybe you have a maybe you have IT band syndrome where the side of your thigh is really tight and it's pulling on your knee. If you have ever said to yourself, "Ow, oh, my knees," or "Oh, my knees hurt," you need to be doing more of these exercises. You need to be strengthening your quads even more um, with squats and lunges. And then maybe in this case, if your quads are super super weak then sure, bring in some leg extension. Because I'm not going to knock on that. Like, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. But this would it be means... a great time to bring in, like, talk to your doctor and talk to, like, a physical therapist who can see you. Because, like, I don't want to send someone who has, like, a serious knee problem yeah. into, like, you know, hurting themselves. Um, but this is where, like, your GP might not be as helpful to you as, like, a... Um, physical therapist Mm -hmm. because a physical like you go into your GP and say my knee hurts and they're gonna say like well then don't do the thing that makes your knee hurt yeah because their job is to make the thing stop hurting Mm -hmm. but if you see a um a really good trainer or a physical therapist they can actually like do some movement analysis on you and can help say like oh you know you could really reduce a lot of this pain if we did strengthen your quads and here's how we can do that safely Mm -hmm. um so get someone to look at you yeah because you don't have to live with knee pain. You don't have to. And you don't have to take medicine. Uh, yeah, and oftentimes a, a, a general... Yeah, and we're not... And, you know, Joanna, you and I are very, like, yeah, like, see your doctor. Like, for sure. To for sure, see your doctor. But, like, they don't have time. <laughs> they, they also are not physical therapists. Yeah. And they also might not have as much anatomy training. Like, doctors actually don't go through nutrition training, like, which is a big thing I've learned, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Anywho, side, that's total tangent. Um, your knees aren't sick. Your knees are not sick. And, um, and I remember many times when I was younger... 
uh, I oftentimes talk about like debilitating neck and mm-hmm. back pain that I had, um, like spinal spinal pain. And every time I saw my doctor, they just prescribed me the most aggressive pain medication. I had to seek out physical therapy, physical therapists and practitioners myself to get it healed, mm-hmm. you know? So once again, this is not to knock on anything. So if you are doing squats and lunges, wall sits, step ups correctly, when I say correctly, just keep your knee in line with your ankle. Just never let your knee come past your ankle and you'll be fine. I promise you. I promise you. I, I will. In fact, I will take ownership. I will promise you 100% if you are doing these correctly and if your knee and your form are perfect, if your knee is always in line with your ankle for your squats, your lunges, your step ups, you're not going to hurt yourself. I swear. Because there's no, there's no overstretching of the kneecap if that's the case. And if you're focusing on keeping all of the energy of the exercise in the muscle group and staying lifted versus just collapsing into the exercise, you're gonna strengthen up all those quad muscles around your kneecap and your knee is gonna feel so much better in day-to-day life and during all of your exercises, you're gonna run and you're gonna feel awesome and you're going to be bounding up subway stairs and you're gonna be able to walk and not feel pain in your kneecap. So that's that's the quad in relation to the knee. Um, now I wanna talk about quad strains that potentially happen. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's all the knee stuff, and we'll totally do an episode all on the knees. I totally. think that's, that's a really good one. Um, okay, so when do we hurt our quads? Uh, quads, obviously, if you're an athlete, if you do any type of sport, if you, do, if you run, if you um, like to work out, you're obviously working out your quads and they're being recruited. But how a strained quad happens, a, a, remember the difference between sprains and strains? A sprain is when you hurt a ligament, which connects bone to bone, but you can strain a muscle or a tendon, so we can strain a muscle. So a quad strain happens mainly when someone is trying to accelerate too quickly. Mm. So if you are trying to um, take off into a sprint too quickly, uh, the quad muscles are placed under way too much force than they can handle, and the muscle fibers and tendons are both, they'll begin to tear away from the bone. And then when the muscles are fatigued and overused or not adequately warmed up, they're also more susceptible to a strain. So, um, and if your quads are way stronger than your hamstrings, that also causes a lot of issues for a runner. And also tight quads can also cause a ton of strain. Some people have quads that are so tight that they are like rocks and that you're so susceptible to hurting your quad when that's the case. And it's funny how everyone kind of has their Achilles heel, like literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like I know, I remember meeting some male runners when I was coaching. Oh my god, like their quads were so 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 tight. But like you and I, Joanna, we come from a dance world where it's like we can do a standing quad stretch where you just stand, kick your foot behind you, grab your shoelaces, press your heel into your butt easily. Yeah. Like, I'm talking, these were people who could barely, I would have to go behind them and just, like, lift their foot back up Mm -hmm. five inches off the ground, and they could feel it. If your quads are that tight, you have to, A, foam roll before and after every workout, and B, after every workout, you need, well, before every warm-up, before every workout, you need to warm up and do, like, some butt kickers to loosen up the quads. Mm -hmm. And then C, stretch when your muscles warm at the end of the workout, 
because you are so susceptible to a quad just like snapping or yeah, not um, good. No, not good at all. Or say your quad is not warmed up and you squat too deeply, you can like overstretch it, you can strain it. So that that's generally how um, quad strains have to happen. When your quad is strained, you'll feel pain when you are stretching or using your thigh muscle to move at all, or using your quad muscle to move at all. Um, I notoriously am not much of a quad strain person. You're not either. No. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're pretty lucky in that respect. Um, but if you are. Mm-hmm. Which, which is a lot of people. Um, let's talk foam rolling. Yeah, definitely. So the initial... Well, so we're finishing off. If you do yeah, feel yeah. like you have a, a strain, you might stop. notice there's some like I know, just stop immediately. You might notice some bruising if the thigh muscles are, if the thigh muscles are, um, if blood vessels have been broken, and you might also feel like um, if you were to do some like self massage and if you're like poking around in there, you might feel like there's a big knot there. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know it's strained. And then, of course, the, the treatment is to rest, ice, compression, elevation. Rice and, it up. Yeah. So you want to rice it up. And you also don't want to do anything for about 48 to 72 hours after, in terms of exercise, um, after the initial strain has happened. And mild quad strains will usually heal within 10 days. If it's moderate strain, it can take anywhere from 10 days to six weeks of just rest ice compression elevation and then severe ones that have been turned have been like our actual tears they require about three months and you can absolutely ease back into physical activity after about 10 days but the important thing to do is to actually just focus on cross training so you can do lap swimming you can focus on upper body muscles core muscles but just keep up with the icing and if it's strained or pulled or overstretched don't stretch it just don't, just don't touch it. Foam roll it. So how are we going to foam, foam roll. roll those sweet, sweet quads? So how quads? are we going to foam roll these sweet, sweet quads? We are going to place a foam roller on the ground. And then your the foam roller is going to be underneath your thighs, perpendicular to your thighs. And all you need to do is place your forearms on the ground and just walk your body up and down so that the roller rolls out the entire front of your quads. And then you can shift your hips to one side so that we can get the outside and inside of the quad and then shift your hips to the other side, get the outside and inside of the other quads. And that's how you foam roll the quads. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, literally. Um, but don't let that lull you into thinking it's not going to be painful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because still it, pretty brutal. it can be pretty brutal. Yeah. But it's good for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do a little takeaway. Go for it. So the quads are the front, the muscles in the front of our thighs. There are four muscles that make them up. That's why they're the quadriceps. Um, and we use them all the time in our walking and squatting and running and all those things. So they're very important to our day-to-day movement. Um, they're one of our biggest muscle groups. So uh, we like to work them out early so that they can really get our metabolism going. Um, and we also want to make sure that we're working them out in conjunction with our glutes and our hamstrings because most of us are front dominant and we want to make sure our bodies are balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can do the like leg extension machine, but that's really best if you are in rehab for something. Much better to do any form of squats, any form of lunges, um, and that can keep you busy for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Step ups. Step ups, yeah. right. Um, and then once uh, before and after to make sure that you can avoid injury or to help you heal from injury, we're going to foam roll by doing our little army crawl mm-hmm. back and forth across our 
quads. And then I forgot to add, and then stretch your quads after every workout. You can mm. literally just stand, grab your foot behind you, and place and squeeze your heel into your butt and keep your knee pointing down. Or you can do side-lying quad stretches where you just lie down on one side and do the exact same thing. So stretch your quads at the end of every workout. Awesome. Thanks, Daphne. Thank you. This is a feature we call This is Crazy, right? Where I tell Daphne something I found probably on the internet and ask her if it's crazy because we all know what it's like to be in the dark of our bedroom. Oh, Daphne's making such a scared face because she already clicked the link. <laughs> Um, we know what it's like to be feeling bad about ourselves and click something on the internet that promises to change our lives, and uh, we need Daphne to say, this is crazy. So this is another Pinterest gym. It says, how to lose 20 pounds in two weeks without fail. It's from, from leancalories.com. Oh so there's God. already a lot of problems. It's got a picture of a lady measuring herself with some measuring tape. She's very thin. Um, so... This lose 20 pounds in two weeks um, says, uh, you know, a lot of these things I'm going to say aren't crazy. Eat at least one large vegetable salad or steamed greens a day. Eat at least one bean-based meal a day. Okay, bean-based meal is maybe a lot. Eat <laughs> at most one plate of starchy vegetables or whole grains a day. Eat fruits and raw nuts and seeds for a snack. Drink, lo drink lost of water oh, up God. to two liters every day. Eat very little salt at most half a teaspoon's worth. Eat lead protein at most once or twice a week. Wow. Um, restrict oil to no more than one to two teaspoons oh a day. Oh, my God. Avoid red meat, sweets, and refined foods altogether. And then it has um, uh, suggested meals of breakfast, overnight oats or green smoothie, plus fruits and nuts and seeds. Lunch. One large plate of greens, green vegetable salad, steamed greens, or mixed veggies. Dinner. One large plate of beans. <laughs> oh, my God. Snacks. Eat fruit and run nuts and seeds for a snack. Daphne, is this crazy? <laughs> I'm terrified that this is on the internet. Yeah. This is really bad. It's really bad, this right? It's really bad. Because I know, I'm sure, there are women who see this and they actually think that who this is Who doesn't want to lose 20 pounds in two weeks? Right. Without right. fail. Without fail. Um, this is really scary. Like, this is terrifying that this exists and that people click on this and that some women might actually try to follow this. Okay, so first of all, I'm just gonna go to the start. To lose 20 pounds in two weeks, no one should ever lose 20 pounds in two weeks. If you lose 20 pounds in two weeks, you are going to mess stuff up in your body. First of all, that's not even like possible. Right? Right, like, right. Like, just because it says yeah. without fail does not mean right. it won't fail. Yeah. Like, like no one should, nor like it, it's it's just really not that possible to lose twenty pounds in two weeks. It's insane. It's insane. First of all, you shouldn't want to. Um, secondly, it's not really possible. And thirdly, if you were to ever lose twenty pounds in two weeks, that means something is seriously wrong. Right. You, like it means you are you, sick. It means you are sick, or it means you've been stranded on an island. Right. With no food or water. You're and, starving. And even then, you probably still wouldn't lose 20 pounds. Because <laughs> your body weeks. doesn't want you to do that. No. No. Okay, and then let's talk about all the the terrifying restrictions. The whole, um, uh, I love, uh, eat very little salt and eat lean protein at most once or twice a week and restrict oil to no more than one teaspoon a day. And avoid this and avoid that. This is 
a terrifying starvation diet and this is why eating disorders exist and this is like really you know, like I'm really glad the internet wasn't so scary when we were kids yeah you know yeah we had to find these things in magazines yeah yeah yeah. oh, <laughs> oh yeah and we did I did yeah I, I definitely did so okay. but yeah this is a starvation diet right it's a complete starvation diet and whether or not this is cl- clickbait, I'm not sure, like, to get to a certain website, but it's leancalories.com, and they are trying to sell, I don't know if they're trying to sell anything. Who knows? Well, all I know is that um, this is completely, completely scary. Yeah, so would I say this is crazy? Yes, I would say this is not only crazy, but this is absolutely terrifying, and I don't think, I mean, yeah, even though there is a link, yes, this I don't think it's like a like is this a company? Um, when I clicked the about page, it's just like a picture of a dude, <gasps> and it says discover a scientifically proven formula for fast and sustained weight loss. Really weird capitalization. Um, claims about oh, no. medical journals and the American Diabetes Association approving it. <laughs> you just eat and lose. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, so there's no credentials or anything. No. Yeah. Um, I think they are trying to sell some type of fake book. And either way, if you, when you it's click on your website, time. there are ads on the website, so they get paid yeah. for you seeing the ads. Yeah, that's probably it, too. Oh, that, that's click, hence clickbait. Yeah. yeah. Um, everyone be careful and wary of clickbait, and if you see anything... That sounds like it's too good to be true. It probably is. Right. And also, the internet is a very scary place. Like, I consider this scary. Not just crazy, but also scary. But also terrifying. Yeah. Thanks, Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to become a patron, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.